This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Downey. Our guest this week is Senator Debbie Stabenow, the ranking Democrat on the Senate Agriculture Committee. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance. Global sugar subsidies are increasing and a threat to 142,000 sugar industry jobs in the U.S. Learn more about the American Sugar Alliance Zero for Zero Sugar Policy at SugarAlliance.org. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Michigan U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow next. Sugar subsidies in 120 countries are on the rise and threatening 142,000 U.S. jobs. That's why the American Sugar Alliance is pushing for a global subsidy ceasefire. Their goal is a subsidy-free world market that fosters efficiency. And they know that unilateral disarmament of America's no-cost policy without concessions from abroad will only outsource U.S. jobs and reward foreign subsidizers. The plan is called the Zero for Zero Sugar Policy. And you can learn more at SugarAlliance.org. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. The fiscal year deadline is passed without a new farm bill, but the principal four negotiators on the Farm Bill Conference Committee continue to work toward a workable compromise to still bring a 2018 farm bill to fruition. The ranking Democrat on the Senate Ag Committee, Michigan's Debbie Stabenow, says much has been accomplished, but there's still much to do. Well, I think we're moving forward. You know, it, we have a, a different uh, bills, different perspectives from the House and Senate, so it's it's complicated things, but uh, I'm the eternal optimist. I believe we'll get it done. We always do. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that in the Senate we had a, a historic bipartisan vote of 86 to 11, and as Senator Roberts always says, there were two people absent, so it would have been really 88. <laughs> so we... Uh, uh, you know, have a strong consensus, and the House took a different view. It was historic in that it was not bipartisan for the first time, and uh, it took two tries, but they got something through on a partisan vote by two votes. So it's a it's different. It's a different bill, and uh, it, we have to find ways to be practical and and be able to get something done because our farmers and ranchers need certainty now more than ever the fact that the principal four met last week the house still out of session for the rest of the month are there plans for additional meetings and is there a chance you can still come to a conclusion that might make the lame duck session Oh, I absolutely think there's a possibility for us to come together. Our staffs are meeting almost every day, and we're either meeting in person or talking on the phone. So we are working hard to be able to make that happen. And, uh, you know, I think it's it, it's going to just take folks putting the politics at the door and, uh, uh, you know, talking about what needs to be done to create a bill that meets the needs of farmers, ranchers, and small towns and families all across the country. We have a big, diverse country, and the bill needs to reflect, you know, how how we address issues uh, that uh, every part of the country is concerned about. Some people want to sit on the sidelines, and they want to blame a person, or they want to blame a issue for keeping this to come together. Is this bigger than 
a one-issue impasse or a one-person of the four impasse? Absolutely, and you know it's it's unfortunate. You know, folks want to. I mean, blaming and politics and attacks never get anything done. So I don't participate in that, and Senator Roberts doesn't participate in that. So we just that's how we got a farm bill done with eighty-six votes, and uh, uh, you know it's uh, it's not just about SNAP, although it's important. I'm not interested. We we are actually saving money because of the work we did in the current farm bill and the economy getting better. We're saving. Close to eighty billion dollars because uh, the the current work programs work and the job training programs work and the economy is getting better and and so on and so we we want to keep the policies that are working going uh, but we have big differences in the commodity title uh, yeah I, I appreciate the the chairman in the house being from West Texas and wanting to do everything he can for cotton but he he moves dollars. Uh, tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions really, away from uh, the Midwest and other growers that have seen their uh, their prices drop 50% and their costs going up and everything with trade. So that just doesn't work. And there's a big difference in the conservation title where the house cuts about a billion dollars. And uh, for those of us, you know, that are involved in major conservation efforts uh, with water around the Great Lakes as well as uh, land conservation, uh, that does not have support in the Senate. So, uh, and the, the, the House uh, basically eliminated the funding for any energy title, which is also a big issue for the Midwest. So, I see basically a lot of regional differences. If you're in the South and mainly focused on cotton or livestock, you have a different view than if you're in the Midwest, where we've got all kinds of commodities and dairy and corn and and wheat and dry beans and soybeans and and all the other things we grow, especially crops. So there's just some big differences. We've had the opportunity here on Open Mic to have Mr. Peterson and Mr. Robertson last week, uh, Mr. Conaway, and now the opportunity to, to speak with you, so we've saved the best for last. Uh, but as, <laughs> as we were speaking with Chairman Conaway, he suggested that it really didn't make sense to have funds inside the Farm Bill directed toward un planted base acres, that it would be better to reallocate that to help producers and other portions of the country. You disagree? Well, I think uh, actually this uh, is an, an area of disagreement between the House and the Senate, and actually it's as much of an issue uh, for uh, our Republicans in the Senate, uh, frankly, if not more so um, than uh, than Democrats. So it, it is a big difference, the idea of taking the base acres and redirecting it to um, about half of it to to West Texas in terms of increases in support for cotton and then just a few other states uh, taking tens of millions away from uh, the Dakotas and Minnesota and, and you know, the, the Midwest. I mean, it is a difference, but it's not, it, this is not a difference. Uh, it's much of a focus with me, actually, um, as it is with my other colleagues. And so, uh, but it just points up the, the difference in regions. Talking about energy, of course, we're still anticipating an announcement at some point from the administration regarding E15 and and, and possible uh, concessions for the petroleum industry. But within the Farm Bill, the energy title, again, as you mentioned, is one that, that you certainly support. The House eliminates that. The purpose of these programs and why it's important to keep those in place. 
Well, first of all, um, it, you're, you're correct that the Senate has a robust energy title. In fact, we, uh, Chairman Roberts and I put together the bill with an energy title, and, and we had a bipartisan amendment in the Senate committee, which actually increased the energy title. So a great deal of support. Not only are in, uh, biofuels important to the economy and creating markets for uh, our farmers, but we have found in Michigan, for example, that bio-based manufacturing is very important for jobs as well. Uh, soy oil, for example, is being used in all kinds of products. In fact, interesting side note that uh, Lear is making all of the seats, the foam in the seats for Ford vehicles now using soy oil rather than petroleum. And so there are all kinds of ways in which we are creating jobs uh, in small towns and, and rural communities across Michigan and other areas using bio-based materials. And so, um, you know, I support the the uh, REAP program, Rural, rural uh, uh, Energy Assistance Program, but also having uh, loans available, support available for new jobs in uh, bio-based materials, I think is an exciting new area that continues to grow if we support it. When we spoke with Chairman Roberts about the Farm Bill and bringing the two sides together in conference, uh, the discussion did come to snap. And he said, Jeff, there, there are work requirements in the 14 Farm Bill. And he said enforcing yeah. those, giving that discretion to the secretary to maybe be a little more difficult on granting waivers to states, he said it's already there. Has the House, has, has yeah. Chairman Conaway offered uh, an acceptable compromise, or where is a compromise in this, if you can divulge it? Well, I, I think it is very important to stress, as Chairman Roberts said, that we have work requirements right now. The law is that for people that are viewed as able-bodied adults, if they don't uh, work or go to job training programs 20 hours a week, that they don't receive any uh, assistance. Basically, if, you, if you're not working 20 hours a week, then the most assistance you could receive is up to three months of food assistance within a uh, two-year period. And so, and, and the average food assistance is about $4 a day. So, so people are expected to work except for senior citizens, people with disabilities, children, and parents taking care of children. And so what the House does is expand more older people that would have to uh, work and uh, parents with children. And so um, that's just not a direction um, that uh, makes sense from our standpoint and what we want to do is uh, continue to work with states on job training and other ways in which we can get people who are not already in the, the workforce into the workforce and continue what is now actually very robust work requirements that we have. When we're talking about uh, the Farm Bill and bringing it together, I know it's better for this journalist to ask specific questions, but I need to muse for just a moment if I can. Uh, sure. Mr. Mr. Conway suggested that uh, he felt like it was his job as chairman to deliver a Farm Bill, but as you suggested and we see, it was a partisan bill that came from the House. And he said the, the one thing past approving a bill is bringing a bill back that didn't represent or that his majority could not support and therein the question lies as to how much compromise is available, how much willingness is there to give and bring this policy to fruition. 
Well, I guess what I would say is that um, we worked really hard across the aisle in the Senate to get a bill that works for farmers and ranchers and families and people who care about protecting land and water, our, our, our hunters and fishermen and everybody that's involved in, in land and water conservation. And that's the core of a farm bill. To the extent that folks want to add other things that are ideological but not really based on fact or common sense, that's when it gets tough. And so um, it's absolutely doable to get a farm bill that works and is, has common sense and and is responsible. Uh, you know, it's it, but we got to leave the politics at the door. And so um, hopefully that's going to happen. So on a timeline, is it mid month? Is it end of month? When is the drop-dead date to be able to have a CBO score and script that the committee can approve and still run through each chamber in time to make this calendar year? Well, we don't have exact dates, but certainly sooner rather than later. We have a number of titles that are close to being closed out. So we kind of, we have 12 titles, as you know, and kind of, we're kind of working through each of those. Uh, we need to act in Congress one way or the other by the end of the year. So when we wrap up things in December, we need to either have a five-year farm bill, which I hope we will, uh, or we need at that point to pass an extension. So um, I'm, I'm rooting and focusing on getting a five-year farm bill done. How important is this midterm election to the success of this being in the lame duck session, assuming you can get it done? Well, you can argue it either way, frankly, um, and so we'll just have to see. I mean, from my perspective, either way, we should keep our farmers and ranchers and rural communities at the forefront and families who are uh, counting on us to get it right. And so let's just keep that at, in the focus, not the politics, and that's the way to get it done. I think you'd made this suggestion that regardless of the election, assuming that all four of you uh, are successful in the midterm vote, the same four players are going to be back at the table. Now, the question would be is if you fail to approve it this calendar year, how do you start over and what complications might that bring that would change the circumstance of right now? Well, I'm going to actually choose to just focus on the positive that we're going to get it done. It will be the same four people, and uh, you know things won't change uh, in terms of uh, negotiating and making tough decisions, so we might as well get it done now. Uh, what does change is that the longer we go, the harder it is for our farmers, and there's enough uncertainty around them right now, so I'm focusing on just getting this done. Looking at the specifics of this year, obviously we've had success with a, a trade agreement with Canada and with Mexico. Looking forward to the fruition of that. Uh, a small sidebar question is, do you think that Canadian agreement can see a vote? But then second of all, if the Chinese situation carries and the, uh, the new NAFTA is not yet approved, do you think the new Congress would take a look at providing some additional assistance for farmers uh, in case these markets have not improved by then? I think we should absolutely be monitoring this and doing everything we can to help our farmers and ranchers. And uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that uh, it looks like they're moving forward in a tangible way on the, the uh, new NAFTA. And um, we'll see. Uh, you know, I think there's some positive things. Certainly Class uh, 7 milk on the dairy front is very uh, important. We've got to make sure that that's enforceable. So there's a number of issues around enforcement that I'm 
concerned about having. And uh, but we still don't know about the tariffs that are currently being applied to Mexico and Canada and China. So uh, I'm hopeful that the administration will understand how volatile it is, and that agriculture is getting caught in the middle and being hurt by this. And these issues need to be resolved as quickly as possible. Finally, Senator, thank you for taking time in an awfully busy schedule to visit with us here on Open Mic. It is Open Mic, and you know the tradition. You have the last word. Well, I'm just uh, going to say that one out of four jobs in Michigan relate to agriculture and the food economy, and I'm laser-focused on doing everything I can to support the folks that work hard to give us the safest, most affordable, abundant food supply in the world. Our thanks to Michigan U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance. Global sugar subsidies are increasing at a threat to 142,000 sugar industry jobs in the U.S. Learn more about the American Sugar Alliance Zero for Zero Sugar Policy at SugarAlliance.org. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Nelly.